Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all the pop culture you may have business with. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Kate Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. I hope you're all doing well out there, folks. It's been a very good and busy week out there for me for a variety of reasons, both in the nerd space, there's a lot of things going on, such as podcast announcements, more wonderful food shows, and MCU stuff, which we'll get into this episode. But also, I am in the process of moving to like a condo that I bought, which is a Woo! headache. Yay, celebrations, but also moving sucks all the time. So that's what my <laughs> life is like right now. How about you, Victoria? I am hanging in there. Uh, it is finals weeks, plural for me. Uh, so I'm split between two institutes of higher education right now. And of course, they don't have finals the same week. So we just went through one set of finals, and then next week will be another set of finals. So I've just got really stressed out people around me all the time, which is great. Um, but that is what tutoring is for. So it's it's good and bad. It's stressful, but it means that you actually get to help students, and that's awesome. Yeah, that does kind of sound on par. Like you have people coming to you that are stressed, and hopefully you can alleviate some of that stress without taking it on yourself. Yeah. Good luck with that, I'm sure. But you <laughs> But when it comes to feeding on energy, our first topic of this episode is going to feature a couple people who, from all of his purposes, have wonderful energy that should make all of our lives that much brighter if you're a fan of what they were involved in. So I'm, of course, talking about a Lord of the Rings podcast. Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd, who played Hobbits Merry and Pippin in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, are launching a podcast about the hit film franchise. The duo are launching a podcast called The Friendship Onion which is going to be produced by Cast Media. And the series is going to premiere on May 18th. And according to Deadline, it's, quote, they will bring banter, stories, and comedy to the podcasting space, each week digging into the latest in pop culture, put fans' Lord of the Rings knowledge to the test, reveal exclusive stories from filming, and maybe even welcome surprise drop-ins from famous faces. And I love that they ended with the famous faces part because the first thing I thought about when reading this is Stephen Colbert is going to be on this podcast and he's going to, like, have the time of his life because he's probably, like, one of the most famous Tolkien fans that we know of and I'm looking forward to him and a long list of being involved here and the thing I like about this is there's definitely been a shift I mean obviously there's been a major shift in podcasting in the past decade but especially in the past couple years I think whether or not it's time the pandemic is up for debate where people who are involved in intellectual properties are doing the podcast themselves whereas before it used to more so be like a fan produced thing where like for example like if you and I were really big fans of the TV show we would just have a podcast about it and if we're lucky we might be able to like interview someone from the cast or from the crew at some point here and there but like a prime example I have two prime examples one of which is the fake Doctor's Real Friends podcast that I love because Scrubs is one of my favorite shows ever and Zach Braff and Donald Faison two of the leads in the show that aired 20 years ago they basically go through an episode a week but the show this podcast at this point is more so just about them talking to people and their guests and it's about the actual episode like it's definitely not just them analyzing a deep dive and on the other hand there's a podcast for The Office and full disclaimer I have not watched much of The Office nor do I enjoy it so I don't really know their names on the back of my 
planned like that, but I believe someone playing Pam and someone else, but they're doing a much more analytical episode-by-episode examination of that show. And this is great because if people are fans of these shows, they're fans of the people who are in them, so they want to hear their opinions on things. And also, they shouldn't have nearly as much trouble getting the guests and the big names on the show as, like, just an average fan would. So, like, again, with the actors who play Mary and Pip doing the Lord of the Rings podcast, sounds like an amazing idea. It's probably going to shoot to the top of podcast charts as soon as it comes out. And I'm looking forward to seeing it come out because I love Lord of the Rings like everybody else does. So, I don't love Lord of the Rings like everybody else does. I am one of those weird uber fans. Like, my love of Lord of the Rings... It's, it's, I was gonna say it's borderline something, but it's really not borderline anything. It's just too much. Like, I used to write my best friends, and we would always do our postscripts in either Elvish or Dwarvish. Like, I am that kind of Lord of the Rings fan, okay? So, I am super excited for this. Mary and Pippin, I think were always supposed to be kind of the, the, not com nothing about t- Tolkien is really comedic, but the, the light in the room, right? They were supposed to give you a little bit of relief from everything else that was going on. And Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd were absolutely amazing in those roles. Uh, and so I think it will be really cool to see them back together again. I'm actually hoping that kind of past the first season, I'm sure the first season will be really Lord of the Rings heavy, but I'm actually hoping that past the first season, they'll go to that first part. There's a little part in the beginning of that quote that you read that was like the latest in pop culture. And I think that would be really cool. We have so much Lord of the Rings stuff. Not that I ever want less Lord of the Rings stuff, but we do have a lot of that, and these two together are just so hilarious, and they do so many other really cool things. Like, Dominic Monaghan had a whole, like, Bear Grylls-type wildlife show where he just went around and, like, played with wild animals. That's a thing. That happened. And so there are so many other aspects to these great actors. Billy Boyd is an amazingly accomplished singer. So those are things that I think would be really cool to see just how they interact with everything and not just with Lord of the Rings media. I'm sure the first season will be very Lord of the Rings heavy. I hope you are correct that Stephen Colbert gets to go on this podcast because that would make his year. Uh, That would be amazing. And yeah, I think this will be really cool regardless of what direction it goes. So I'm excited. Yeah, this is definitely good exciting to those people who just have a casual interest in Lord of the Rings, but especially those who <laughs> either know everything or want to know everything, right? Because I imagine it's going to be like a weekly series. And there's so much to dive into, whether it be the books and people who have connections to those or any of the six films that we have that are already out or even the Amazon series coming out. Like I imagine this being a long ongoing thing as far as the podcast goes. And this could be like a perfect opportunity because you already have the audience there baked in. So, you know, like, Hey, we want to make sure that we're engaging with people who are engaged in this intellectual property. We know exactly where to go. We're going to go directly to the friendship onion, which I love that name too, of course. And this is a perfect idea. So, And I think another great thing about this when it comes to a lot of these podcasts 
is that they're not made to be a short-term miniseries. Because back in the day, even like three or four years ago, this would have definitely been like a miniseries where like, hey, we're going to go ahead and do like a total of like 10 episodes, talk about our experiences, and that's that. But I'm just thinking now, like because we're having Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd as the hosts of this podcast with every episode, we can get all of Fellowship on here at some point in time. And this takes me back to like early-ish pandemic quarantine era where everyone just kept having random Zoom reunions because it's Zoom and you can do it from wherever you are. And they had a Lord of the Rings one. And that was great. Oh, it brought so, so much joy to people. It was fantastic, right? And I imagine mm-hmm. that we could do this, but even more deep dive because it would be more intimate and it would be longer and it would be produced and all that other amazing things. So this yeah. is going to be great. I get the sense that you and I could talk about the Lord of the Rings for like a three, four episodes at least. So we should probably go ahead and pivot and talk more about <laughs> this after we get more content. But yes, and think this is almost in the lightning round. But here we go. I have going deep into one it. more thing. I have one more it. thing. And this is, it's not quite a fan cast because it's not a person. But this is my suggestion is that either the intro or the outro should be the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins sung by Leonard Nimoy. That's a thing that should happen in this podcast. I co-sign that. <laughs> All right. So switching from Lord of the Rings. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like this is a pretty decent transition in that hobbits really like to eat food. And I also really like to eat food. And we have another food show. And I'm super excited about it. I mean, I feel like I say that about every food show. It's fine, guys. Don't worry about me. Anyway, this one is called High on the Hog, which is an idiom, and I am a weird language geek, and so I like things like this. Um, And so this whole title comes from the idea of, like, what parts of a pig you are eating and what that says about your social status. And so the different parts meant different things because they, of course, translate to, like, different uh, cuisines, but also different, like, levels of tastiness, right? Like, you don't often see pig's feet on, like, the president's table, right? So that's the idea of this. And it's based on a book by the, of the same name by Jessica B. Harris. And Jessica B. Harris is an amazing chef and also writes a lot of cookbooks. And they are mostly African-American cookbooks. And so I have had one of Jessica B. Harris's cookbooks on my shelf for over a decade now. Um, And so when I saw this show, I was super excited. And I think it's going to be great. So what what it is, is it It vaguely follows the line of the book, which is following African food through the diaspora and through slavery and Reconstruction and Jim Crow into present day. And not only what that has looked like in black spaces, but how that has affected other spaces, non-black spaces. Because when we think about things like slavery, right, the production of food was something that black people didn't just do for themselves. They were doing for the, the people who enslaved them, right? And so those, those spices and those flavors and those cuisines, all of those things were 
becoming ingrained in American history and in American traditions outside of the black space. And so that's really what this series is about, is the impact that black food has had on our culture, which I think a lot of people miss. A lot of people who are, a lot of non-black people, I should say, don't always think about how much their mac and cheese recipe really goes back to our black ancestors, right? Um, and so just things like that. It's going to be hosted by food writer Steven Satterfield, who is amazing as a food writer. And the format kind of reminds me of those kind of um, Anthony Bourdain type shows, like No Reservations, where it's part of food show, but there's also a lot of journalism involved in it, a lot of travelogue type things. And I really like those types of shows. So I'm super excited for this. It's going to come out on Netflix on May 26th. And I, I feel like I should put it out there that I do think that this is going to be really emotional for a lot of people. And so kind of keep that in mind. Um, when I watched the, uh, when I watched the kind of black themed episode of taste the nation with Padma Lakshmi and she was going, you know, through, uh, Creole culture and Gullah culture and things like that. Like I was brought to tears multiple times this trailer is two minutes and 11 seconds, and I was already at that point. So it's not a bad emotion by any means, but it's just taking pride in our heritage and our strength through oppression and through the worst of things and the ability to find creativity in those spaces is absolutely amazing and absolutely empowering and and that that can hit you a certain kind of way so high on the hog it looks amazing also cook some stuff yes i definitely i looked up some of this the trailer while you were talking about it (laughs) as well also like hearing you be very very passionate about this show and cooking as is like prone the course of course (laughs) but i think out of all the cooking shows that we've talked about on this show this is the one that I'm the most interested in watching because it has a historical aspect to it, and history is one of the things that I nerd out about. And I think this will be great for people of all backgrounds, both people who are black and people who are non-black, for diff- very different reasons. For people who have come from a black background, I think this will be amazing, like you hinted at and said blatantly, is that it'll help us feel more connected to the diaspora in general. And I think that will be great because as a descendant of enslaved people in the United States myself, I've even had moments where I look back like, dang, I wish I kind of had more of a connection to where my people come from. Like, sure, we can do ancestry.com, which my mom did despite my best wishes for very different <laughs> reasons. Like, yes, I know that, like, you can probably trace some of my genes back to, like, Benin or, like, Nigeria or even Ghana in some cases. But, like, I can't really, like, go back and do that myself. Like, we had, did a family tree, and that goes back to, like, the early 19th century, and that's as far back as we can go, right? That's it. Everything before that's kind of a crap shooting the gamble. So I think... A lot of people, when they're in the same situations, they look at the diaspora and feel like, yeah, I'm kind of like off on the side and like there's like a 
separation there. But I think this will be a very good way and a very emotionally moving way. It's getting me a little emotional. I'm thinking about of realizing there are ways that we actually can't maintain this connection to these traditions that we weren't even aware of. Like it might just be the way we cook our food in this way, for example, things along those lines. So for black people, especially, I think that would be very emotional and beneficial for that reason. For other people, it'd be beneficial because I don't think, like you said, they realize how much of their food and culture has been influenced by things coming from the from the diaspora as well. Like, it might be a food that, like, yeah, my grandmother knew how to make this back in the day, and, like, they're talking about, like, their Irish-Italian grandmother, but it's actually, like, a recipe that they've updated with, like, influences from black culture, right? Like, that would be a fascinating thing to see, right? Because while I think that it's a half measure to embrace the old idea of America being a melting pot, I think it's more, the truth behind that is, like, yes, we do all influence each other at the time. Now, I don't like the idea of us all becoming, like, assimilated to a certain extent, losing our identity in that process. But there definitely are ways that we all influence each other. And I think examining our food and where it comes from and how it's evolved over time is a great way to kind of examine that. For sure. I'm not going to say too much more because otherwise I will go on a rant (laughs) and we don't have time for that. Um, But I do think it's going to be really great. Um, Maybe I'll get my act together after finals and I'll actually do like an episode by episode review on black nerd problems we'll see yes i love that (laughs) we'll see how it goes but with that let's take a short break and come back with the mcu i'm going to knock on all the wood around me as i say this i'm actually going to pause you can probably hear it See, that counts as on the record. But as things hopefully get better here in the United States concerning the pandemic, everyone is bracing for a brighter and somewhat different future. And one of the biggest signs we had of this is that Disney released the entire slate of MCU films through 2023. This gives us official release dates, which are sure to change up some because nothing ever goes exactly according to plan. There are different reasons to push films up and back. And we also got official titles, which could also change, but I feel like this elite is in this ballpark if these aren't the actual titles we get. So in case you didn't get a chance to go through Twitter the day that this dropped earlier this week, I'm going to go through the titles one by one just to make sure you're caught up. We have Black Widow, first up, coming out July 9th, 2021. And this will be a dual release, meaning you'll be able to see it on Disney Plus, probably for like 30 bucks, but also get to go to movie theater to see it yourself. Then next we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings on September 3rd, 2021. The Eternals, November 5th, 2021. Spider-Man No Way Home, December 17th, 2021. And then starting off with 2022, we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder on May 6th, and sorry, Doctor Strange comes out March 25th. Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out July 8th. The Marvels comes out November 11th. And then moving on to 2023, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February 17th. Love that word. My autocorrect doesn't like it, but I love it. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th. And that's all that we have confirmed as of now. But also on some other news in the trailer that dropped featuring all these different release dates, we also got to see that the Fantastic Four reboot is official. They will be brought into the MCU probably sometime 2024, if not late 2023 at this point. And also, 
a lot of people noticed in this slate they did not mention Blade, which is interesting because they kind of used that to be like the, the last thing they mentioned when they had their big announcement like a few months ago. So they came out after the fact and since said that Blade will start filming in 2022. So now we got all the like big dates and everything out of the way. While I'm excited for all of these, and again, if it were excited again, Victoria, which of these are you looking forward to the most and why? This is a pretty decent lineup. In fact, I think it's easier. The ones that I don't care about are Black Widow. I, I'm sorry. I know people are like, oh, she needs her own origin. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spider-Man, I feel like I'm just Spider-Manned out. I feel like I just need to... At some point, I will get back into the new version of Spider-Man. But, you know, our generation has had, like, what, at least three? Has there been four now? Different Spider-Mans? Live action on movies, we have had three. But there have been other variations. Fun fact, Neil Patrick Harris voice acted him in an MTV show that didn't go anywhere. So, like, we've had plenty. There's just, I just... I've, I've got a lot of Spider-Man in my life. I, I really am excited for the Into the Spider-Verse sequel. That is a Spider-Man I can get down with. This one, I'm not super concerned about. And I also am not super excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. But everything else, I'm very excited for. I think my tops are probably Shang-Chi, The Eternals... And Black Panther, of course. I do also... Ant-Man was kind of on the edge for me, but that word, you're right. Quantumania is just a good word. It's a good hook. It pulls you in. And if you're like, maybe I'll go see Ant-Man, and then you see it's Quantumania, you're like, yeah, I'm probably going to go see that. So I think they all look exciting. Oh, Fantastic Four. I just... I want it to be good. I love the Fantastic Four. And they never get their justice. And I don't know if that's like, you know, is that the sacrifice? Like, you have to sacrifice the Fantastic Four every couple of years in order to have a successful MCU? Like, maybe it's part of the universal, you know, balance of things. I don't know. But hopefully they can break the cycle and this one will be good. Um, And Blade, don't even get me started. Blade started my goth phase. And it has (laughs) never... I've never gotten over it. I am excited. Mahershala Ali is amazing. And I think the only person who could truly take up that mantle um it's gonna be amazing and i'm upset that they left it out so i'm glad they they gave us an update yes we definitely that blade update like i think i agree mahershala ali is the only person that we know of that could play blade now i wouldn't be against if they just like found some unsung true that was amazing very true for that for sure but that's not the case and i'm very 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 happy what we ultimately got right now, as far as these go, and that's what responded to what you said, actually. So, Black Widow is something that I'm excited about only because we've gone so long without an MCU movie proper. So, like, that benefits in this case. Because if it were, like, just normal times, I'll be like, yeah, I'll go see it opening weekend because I'm an <laughs> MCU fan. But, like, I'm not expecting anything about it. I've watched the trailer, like, twice, maybe. And I have a general gist. I'm a, like, I think Black Widow definitely does deserve her own movie. But 
canonically they did it weird because like she's dead in the MCU. So like you miss your window. You can't go back after the fact and like do this. Like it's weird. So that's gonna be interesting. I'm n ne- I'll never have too much Spider Man, I'm sorry. He's like he's like <laughs> either the one A or one B my favorite superheroes tied with Batman that's depending fair. on my mood. Like I will always take more content. I know they're oversaturated, but I don't care. I want more stuff from them. <laughs> Um, the Marvels, I believe, is going to be the sequel to Captain Marvel, and based on how the TV show is currently going, I think that means they're going to add Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, into that series. So Ooh, that makes then me Then I do care. I wanted to make sure I said that to make sure you were invested. Like, Ooh. if that's what they're doing, saying the Marvels, and also that her shows, like, she's filming right now. There are, like, leaked photos of the actress yeah. playing Kamala like, on set. Like, they mm-hmm. can't call a movie The Marvels and not at least have her in it, right? So, like, well. that's the thing. I mean, they can, but they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. there's that. Um, and when it comes to, okay, now what I'm least looking forward to, The Eternals, literally the only thing I know about this movie, because I'm not that deep with the Eternals story comp- when it comes to comics, like, only thing I know about it is that Kamal Nanjiani got ripped for it. So I kind of want to see what the reason was for that and see how that works out. Because, like, good to him, good for him. It showed me that there's also still a chance for me. I'm never too old to get the body that I wanted when I was 19 but didn't get <laughs> I love the Wakanda Forever title for Black Panther. At first, it seemed like really on the nose and everything, but given recent events, including the passing of Chadwick when I'm like, that means more than just like the thing that they say in Wakanda in the movie all the time that we embrace. And also the fact that like the people embraced that as like the catchphrase of the movie and everything that took over the entire world for about a month or so there. So like that's a wonderful, like, it might seem like the obvious answer, but that's because it's just so right. You can't really go otherwise there. And... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm interested to see where that goes, especially if Thor is still involved in some capacity. And also, fun fact, Dave Batista, I don't know if it's negotiations or what, but he came out recently saying that that'll probably be the end of Drax because his contract is up. To be totally honest, that's okay with me. I mean, I love Drax and he's funny and everything, but, like, he is kind of a supporting character. So, like, they can work around that if they need to. Like, I don't need y'all to break the bank for Dave Batista, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is a ton of news from the MCU, and I am sure that we will get even more uh, because that is just the feature-length film release dates, and we have so much more going on on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we got a couple of animated shows coming up, so don't worry. There will be more MCU news. But with that, let's go into our lightning round As with every week, we did not get to go over nearly everything, so here are a couple of other things we wanted to put on your radar. Leverage Redemption, the reboot slash sequel slash no one really knows how this story is going to work, is going to begin on July 9th, so look out for that. There are rumors of a new Superman movie over at WB, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, Featuring an alternate universe black Superman and possibly a period piece. I have many feelings about this, uh, but it is just in the rumor stage. We'll see what happens. I don't even know how to feel about that. Chloe Zhao, from The Eternals actually, and many other things, but she is set to write a new Dracula story for Universal which could be a really cool take on that classic horror theme, story, trope, vampires, y'all. 
Disney Plus is adding another star to their roster. I am sure it's going to be amazing with Muppets Haunted Mansion, which is coming out this fall for Halloween. I feel like Muppets are just a classic. Like anytime I see Muppets, I want to put it on the lightning round. So here you are. And then last but not least, we have Gunpowder Milkshake, which is a movie coming out this summer. And the roster, the cast, is just amazing. So just a few of them. Karen Gillan, Lena Headey, Michelle Yao, and Angela Bassett. Like, this is going to be a star-studded movie. And it is about a group of female assassins who would like to stop the cycle of violence that goes on in their lives. So I think that looks exciting. Keep an eye out for it. And with that... We are at the end. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in nerd news. Tune in next week for more pop culture updates. I'm your host, Victoria Everteen. And I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a good one, everybody. Happy Mother's Day! See you, and happy Mother's Day.